Uh, this is Ray, and you're listening to the Drunkard United Football Show, and I rather root for the damn Toffees than those stupid-ass Gunners. Well, you know what? Your game was just about the same as that intro. Kind of foggy, a little slow. But, by the way, I want to call fucking shenanigans. She specifically sat there and waited 30 seconds till I finally fucking coughed. She could have done it. We could have gone ahead and gotten everything going. But, no, she had to be a pain in the ass. Let's start the show. Hi, I'm Sam. Welcome to the Drunkard United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the midweek's action is told by two common American schmucks. That's right, two. That's right. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the internet from me is the man with a strong aversion to sleeves, Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing in your tank top self? A bit of, a bit perturbed, to be honest. Because I didn't uh, let you because, in on the open? Well, as far far as I got in your notes, uh, which is as far as I ever get in your notes, which was the second line, it says, witty opening back and forth before post hits. <laughs> and there was no back and forth. There was just forth. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the notes and I typed the notes. Guess what's not there? That exact fucking line. We're recording at Studio H just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with your footballing friends. And should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. I will absolutely do that. You can find us on the social medias at DU Football Show. That is the at symbol, A with a circle around it for those that don't know, uh, over a certain age. Uh, DU Football Show. Then you can get in touch via email, dufootballshow at gmail.com. As well, find our closed Facebook group, Drunkard United (laughs) FC. And that is crucially important because on weekends like this, where the football kind of disappointed, and midweeks like this, where the football kind of disappointed, they came through with the fucking fire. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm looking across the board at a whole lot of one nothings and ones and zeros all over the place, except for one big four and everything else is ones and zeros. So it looks like binary code, doesn't it? We we need the wittiness. We definitely need the wittiness on weeks like like this. It's like the matrix in the scoreboard or whatever. (laughs) Whatever, What's that? It's binary, right? It's a computer code and it's just ones and O's. Absolutely. Very well done, Mr. Graham. I appreciate that. I know some things. You know, the other thing too is I also, uh, I do enjoy when we do the Zoom shows. I prefer when we're in studio together just because we see each other. There's bright shining faces and, you know, there's a little bit more banter and stuff. And I normally no, have sleeves when I'm in there. Right. Well, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to take. I have hundreds of photos that say otherwise. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, the uh, one thing that I always do is joy about the Zoom is that you, you know, you handhold the mic and uh, and you go into sexy Sam. It's like, hi. How's it going? This is well, I'm Sam Graham. To be quiet because I, my two children are asleep upstairs. And you're listening to the Dusseltones. <laughs> you're listening to the Dusseltones, the Drunk United Football Show. I am Sam Graham. I'm, I'm also trying to impress my wife. So when I walk upstairs, she might, you know, give me a hug. <laughs> Naked. <laughs> Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Ironically, this top 20 whiskey we've had before it was a top 20 whiskey. Tell us all about it, Sammy. I absolutely will, although you cut off the photo from the magazine and I don't know what number it is. Uh, number 11. Number 11 on Whiskey Advocates Top 20 of 2020 is the Bell Blair 15-year-old, which we've drank on this show as... I bought it while we were in England, uh, mm-hmm. and it was absolutely phenomenal, and this time, just as good as I remember it. Oh, fuck yeah. It is 92 proof. That's 46% by volume, uh, and there's something for everyone in this whiskey. The citrus brightness acts, 
mm, acts as a deft foil for darker, earthy notes. Sounds like an intro to uh, Game of Thrones, doesn't it? It does. Acts as a deft foil for darker, earthy notes, showcasing the Highlands Distillery's range. Lemon, orange marmalade, dried fig, golden raisin, milk, chocolate, and a touch of leather on the nose. Then more marmalade, chocolate, toasted nut, cinnamon, and lemon pepper on the creamy, viscous palate. Still fresh with citrus, the finish slowly gives way to savory tobacco, leather, cocoa powder, and coffee bean. Subtle, nuanced, and perfectly balanced, a sleeper hit. I would venture to say that for $120 US, or as we paid 75 pounds, uh, it's not a sleeper. Mate. People know about it, which is why you're paying for it. Yeah. Yeah, this is um, it's not an inexpensive whiskey, that's for damn sure. And typically... Uh, especially in the states with the tariffs and everything, um, if you, if it's a fifteen year old, you're gonna be paying over a hundred bucks. That that's just period end of discussion. Um, well, uh, did you hear the new thing? What's the new thing? Apparently, a deal has been reached in principle between the old United States government and the EU to put a four month stall on those tariffs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there may not be the super increased prices anymore if they can reach a real agreement, which would end them permanently. Um, well, not permanently. Everything can change, but yeah, dirty, end them for now. Dirty little, right now, dirty little secret is is the brands that represented them, that represent the whiskeys and the importers that have brought them over have made the price increase. The sales didn't go down all that much. Why bother taking down the price when well, you don't right. gotta? The prices almost never drop. But um, you may see a little bit of retraction. It's not going to be now because it's only a stall. It's a four-month truce, if you will. Right. If they end for good, you may see some prices drop a little, but they're not going to come back down to what they were. Absolutely not. Yeah, just not the way it is. But uh, And just remember to drink responsibly, everybody, unless you're at home like us, and we can get as fucked up as we want. Yeah, true. Well, um, I do have a national sales meeting tomorrow with my uh, with my new boss, so – um, we're not going to cheers yet, hon, because I'm not done talking about the whiskey. He just wanted to get that in so he doesn't forget um, the uh, with my new boss. So I can't go getting too terribly uh, schlouched. But the uh, what I was going to say about this, this is uh, a Highland. You know, as you mentioned, it's a Highland whiskey. So this is where when we talk about the Island whiskeys, particularly Isla, having a big, heavy peat influence and then the Speyside whiskeys being a little bit more wood influenced from like sherry and rum and all the old wines that get used. Um, this is kind of where the two meet in the middle. When you get to those Highland whiskeys, you start to get a little bit more robustness. You start to get a little more smoke to them. Um, not so much peat smoke, more so just kind of wood smoke. And But they still use sherry barrels and things of that nature to give those kind of influences. And um <clears throat> While there's not a ton of uh, of Highland whiskeys out there, most of the whiskeys come from the space side, but there were two that made the list this year. Uh, the Glenmorangie is a Highland, and the Balblair is a Highland, and they're fucking lovely. Yeah, and uh, other whiskeys you can you can find from that region, um, you know, include Old Pultney. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shavas is a, a a Highland whiskey, and it's a yeah. Highland malt. Um, well, it's a blend. Oh, it's not a malt, right? Yeah, but it's a Highland whiskey. Yeah, it's mostly Highland. Um, uh, what else is up there? Highland Park is, but Highland, Highland Park, Park is technically duh. the Orkney Islands, but Orkney normally gets lumped in with being the Highlands, not an yep. island per se. Talis- Talisker is up in the Highlands. Uh, uh, they're I, they're, they're Isle of Sky. As well. No, no, they're a single malt, but they're Isle of Sky. So they are considered oh, okay. a quote island whiskey. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, there's not a ton up there, but they're. But they're real fuck good. So, all right, Sammy, let's have a great show. Let's do it to it. There we go. That's what Mel was looking for was that nice little cheers. All right, seven midweek matches and with some interesting storylines as a cha- as Champions League and Europe are getting tighter, but City's League, the City's lead at the top gets No, bigger. you were right. You said it right. Gets bigger. <laughs> City's League. <laughs> it is. It gets bigger and bigger. Manchester City 4, Wolverhampton 1, Burnley 1, Leicester 1, Sheffield 1, Aston Villa 0, uh, Man U 0, Palace 0, Tottenham 1, Fulham 0, Everton 1, West Ham 0, Liverpool 0, Chelsea 1. 
Um, I do have to confess, I did accidentally mute you right there for a brief moment. It was not on purpose. I was, in fact, attempting to mute myself. But like it's been pointed out in the Facebook club, I do have a problem finding the mute button. Yeah, thank you. I was about to lose my fucking mind. Sam could see me in the Zoom and could see the eyes go fiery red as I suddenly couldn't hear my fucking self. I, I was looking at a house my wife sent me. I didn't <laughs> Very see good. anything. All right, yeah. Don't read the notes. Don't pay attention to your co-host. That's perfectly fine. You know, city are just on fucking fire, man. And yeah. Um, now this this the score line it, it especially does not tell the story of this game. Three of the goals were in the last ten minutes. Two of those three goals were in the last three minutes, from the ninetieth to the ninety third uh, of stoppage time. Um, Wolves played their fucking arse off in this game and just had nothing really to show for it. A Ruben Neves header equalized. Um, and it wasn't always the prettiest of games, but, um, but city had their hands full for a while, uh, in, in this match and almost let their, their, um, win streak go. I would debate no, because that Ruben Nevish, I mean, it wasn't Ruben Nevish. It was Connor Cody who got the uh, header for the goal. His first goal. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I think Ruben um, Nevish might've had one disallowed or maybe he scored at the weekend. That was the but first so shot much football. I don't know what's going on anymore. That was the first shot on target. And that was in the second half for Wolves. And it was the second time they were inside the 18 up until that point of the match. So while, yes, Wolves were making it difficult for uh, City, Patricio was on his head making a bunch of big saves. And when the dams finally broke, the dams finally broke. But that game could have and should have been 2 or 3 nil at halftime. They really, really dominated the pace of play. But but credit to Wolves, it wasn't. It was one nothing because their keeper was standing on their head and their defense was straight fucking fire. Namely, one Mr. Connor Cody, welcome the fuck back to the Premier League. He had himself a fucking match. He absolutely did, hundred percent. It was a very very much a captain's performance. Yeah. Um, from him, his team needed him, and he stepped up uh, in in all the right ways. Uh, I feel terrible for the young American Owen Adesoe, though. Mm-hmm. As Wolves were holding on, he was brought on. Wolves were actually pushing. They maybe didn't create any chances, but they were pushing. It was kind of end-to-end stuff. I remember the commentators right. describing it as a basketball game at one point. Yeah. Uh, where both teams were flying back and forth down the field. Um, this kid comes on and basically with his first touch gives the ball away that leads to, uh, leads to Gabriel Jesus's goal, which puts Manchester City ahead two to one uh, in the first place. And it was just it was very sad for him. Um, he was the one that missed the chance earlier in the season that we spoke about. And I told you, I didn't like the fact that nobody went over to help him up mm-hmm. and comfort him after mm-hmm. that. This um, was one of his first times back on the pitch since then. He has not since seen a lot then, of playing time. One, exactly. One of his first appearances since then. And then this happens. And so I don't know if the feeling is great in the squad about this kid. Um, he's obviously talented or he wouldn't be there uh, in the first place. And um, he's young. He's going to make mistakes. And um, I didn't see if anybody comforted him afterwards. But just the way things were going and given the example that was set last time, I think that 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 this was just a very difficult situation for him personally. Yeah. And for Wolves as a whole, obviously, because they ended <laughs> up losing the game. And that opened the floodgates. I um. You know, and I know we we have we have a, a good handful of wolves uh, listeners on the show, but there's there's really not much to say right now. It's like okay, you're gonna trot out some younger players. You're gonna see what you got. You need to figure out because you know you're not going down. You know you're not going to Europe. So you're now kind of in this holding pattern of let's get some gutsy wins. Let's see what we've got under the hood. Let's let's see what assets we have that are valuable enough to sell. Let's see. If there's a kid who's really good and I think we can plug and play him next year and sell someone, you know, a great example of that would be now obviously he is hurt. But in the case of Podence, Diego Jota gets sold because you have Daniel Podence, right? You know, like this is this is why you sell a valuable asset because, you know, you have something to work with. And this is what you're going to have to find out. You need to kind of, OK, you know, we got <clears throat> you get um uh, William Jose to play up top because clearly you can't expect Silva to do it all himself. Now, you know, he, he he's he's 18 years old. Right. He's got to be a he's got to still be a sub, get an occasional start. It, you can't do much it, to him. 
we've talked we've talked about it in in terms of injuries in the Premier League before with with multiple other teams in this crazy season, not really having a preseason, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yes, they were all for three months and got rest, but they weren't training. And there's a difference. No, Sam, you're wrong. Only Liverpool Football Club has been hurt this entire season. The rest of us have all had a personal advantage. Do not fucking forget that. No. Please continue. Listen, <laughs> listen to what I'm saying. I'm being real about this point. It yes, I am with you. Wolves in particular, wolves in particular work with a very tight and small squad. Mm-hmm. Um, injuries hit, hit that team like they do somebody like Palace or Brighton that have a much smaller budget and can't bring or attract players to their club, right? So injuries hit those clubs worse in terms of, um, I'd say, to overall impact. It's a worse burden for those teams than it is for Arsenal or Everton or Liverpool or Chelsea or whoever who have money to spend, have spent money, have at least a bench in general to, to put on. Wolves, that, Wolves sticks to about kids. 15 players at the most. And this was last right. year, and they were in deep, deep. They made it into the quarterfinals of Europa. Right. Yeah. Right. And we t- we talked about that w- with them last year, just <laughs> going deep in the tournaments and being so surprised at how are they keeping up this pace. All of those players have to be run fucking ragged. And now you're seeing these injuries really catch up with them, especially the one to Raul Jimenez, because Fabio Silva does not offer the same thing that that Jimenez does. Just He's not the same danger. Um, he can't create on his own. And really, so far, he hasn't really proved that he can finish things off that others create for him either. Yeah. So where do the goals come from? <laughs> you get the, you know, I, I was mistaken. It was the weekend. Ruben Neves, obviously. Yeah. Connor Cody. First shot on target this season, mm-hmm. I think first, they said. His first, first goal for goal, the club. First goal in for, the Premier in League. The Premier League yeah. yeah. So it's, it's where do the goals come from? Pedro Neto is not contributing what you would think he did. Podence got hurt, so he's obviously not contributing. Triori has had so a horrible year. Goals? For every positive thing we said about him, he's been absolute shite this season. Yeah, he's so had a bad year. Where do you go here from Wolves? I think they're, they've won enough points early in the season that they're going to be more than safe and won't be an issue. But it's just going to kind of be damage limitation uh, through until the end, I think. Well, that's what I was going to uh, add there for Wolves is the thing that you can take solace in Wolves fans is the following. There's a lot of teams that this happens to and they go down, right? Watford went down. Bournemouth went down. Sheffield is getting massacred and is going to go down. You guys aren't having the best year. You're comfortably fucking safe. That's that's there's something very assuring in that that you know your system works, your coach works, what your 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 management, your upper management works. Everything's going like even with all of these little injuries and fiascos and things that are going on, you're comfortably fucking safe. Like you ain't going down. Right. Like and and. <clears throat> Like I said, take the season for what it is. It's a fucking scrap. Pick it all up. Buy the right pieces next year. Let go of uh, let go of a couple of valuable assets that you think you can make some good money off of, and not hurt losing. And and get with, moving on. With and the get shit moving on. Run they've been on. I just looked it up. With the shit run they've been on, they're still eleven points clear of the relegation zone. Yeah, they're good. They're, you're not with, going down. With eleven games to play. There's a right. and there's a lot of teams. A lot of teams. You can't say that about every year. You can't say that about Absolutely. a lot of teams every year. Mm. Sorry there, right in the middle of a drink. All right, so let's move on to the next one. Um, Burnley and Leicester. Burnley score quickly, uh, very quickly. And then uh, Iannaccio. What an equalizer from him. Wow. What a goal. The, for for me, I pegged this as my Wednesday special bet where uh, where I had Leicester, Villa, and United to win. Um, How'd that go for you? Obviously, uh, not, not very well. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, thanks none, for that. none of them won. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to cover that in uh, prediction time. Uh, so the the lacking of creativity, I think, really stifled Lester here, where Barnes and Madison um, being out was very, very evident uh, in this game. Lester had over 60% possession, but just three – actually, I'm sorry, not just <laughs> – three less shots on target than mm-hmm. Burnley. 
Yeah. Right. Oh, so Burn- they, Burnley they, wanted this game. Burnley came out. They really well, they they had, had to go. What I'm saying is Leicester had the ball, but they could do nothing with it because there yeah. was no one to create anything. Yeah. And Didi, of all people, <laughs> was the one that provided a cutting pass. Um, but he left Iniacho still with a ton to do. And didn't he ever do it? My oh, goodness. What a hit. What a goal. Ooh, what a what hit. A, and it was a full volley. He got to it before that thing touched the ground. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. Absolutely brilliant. They uh, they likened it to a wide receiver <laughs> looking over his shoulder, uh, waiting for a quarterback to pass him the ball. Yep, you know, great, that's what they, like they, that they likened the, it to, and he watched it right over his shoulder, right into the hands. onto his foot. Bang! Yep. It was it was absolutely brilliant. Um, this is exactly what I expect Burnley to do the rest of the way. When we look at the teams that are in the bottom, right? I feel more nervous for Southampton, who is ahead of Burnley in points, than I do for Burnley. Burnley is going to know they've been here before. They know how to do it. They can play this style of football and be successful at it. And they will find ways to get points and keep themselves safe. I, I would absolutely I, agree with that. No doubt in my mind they're going to be fine. At the start of the season, I was getting worried for them simply because there was no finances and no and no people, right? They just didn't sign anybody, right? Dice has got them all working. He's got the kids that have to fill in. They're all doing their job. They know what to fucking do. I think they will lose more people again. There's been talks of a rift with Tchaikovsky. There's been a talk with a a rift between a few of the first team players that are quite important to Burnley. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It speaks to the professionalism of those players and Sean Dice himself as well to keep picking him and them to keep playing as hard as they are. Tchaikovsky's been been a, a rumor for quite a while now. And there was talk with um, last season that him and Tchaikovsky were not getting along. So I got to imagine this is it for Tchaikovsky. And you got to imagine Dwight McNeil is going to get picked by somebody. Um, And then then the rest of them, though, I mean, the rest of them are actually kind of aging. Like they need to. Absolutely. They're they're, besides Palace, I think, one of the oldest teams in the league. That's what what I was going to get at is everybody always talks about Palace aging out. Right. And that they're in real trouble. Burnley's in just as much fucking trouble and they have less and they have less pieces like Agreed. at least Palace may have 20 old people but there's fucking 20 of them at least Burnley there's like five you know yeah. <laughs> just Agreed. there's so the sheer number is, is the big deal there Leicester until I see them fall out of the top four I'm going to keep believing and I know like I told you last week, until the dam breaks, I'm going to I'm they've done nothing but prove me wrong this entire season. So until the dam breaks, I'm just going to believe they're sticking around. Fair enough. Would you say that you're on a journey where you don't stop believing? No, I am not on that journey. I am definitely not on that journey. <laughs> I think I have an injury time playout song, Mel. Uh well, we, we did them the other week. Remember, we did uh, Separate Ways because of how oh, fucking rockingly that. awesome that video is. <laughs> forgot about that. You know, come on. Keyboards on a, on, a, on a shore dock wall is all you fucking need, you know? Just hands playing on a keyboard. That's, that's yeah. the shit. Um, that's hot. Well, let's let – that is hot. <laughs> <laughs> let us not forget about the important well, things. we can skip over this game. Yeah, I'm sure we can. <laughs> this isn't – the game wasn't really worth talking about. Um, I don't know who to blame. Uh, Everybody? Anybody? We're, we're, Graham? We're, we're talking about the Blades. The Blades! Beating Villa 1-0. As I pour this shot of my lord. Sam, please talk away. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Sam. I, I will. Absolutely. The stats were 71.8% for Aston Villa, but just four shots on target to two for Sheffield. It was complete domination from Aston Villa and actually should have been nil-nil in my opinion. Um, McGoldrick did well to get himself in position, uh, but I think obviously that goal was a bit fortunate as Baldock, and again, from my point of view, was taking a shot that was really bad that just happened to find McGoldrick who yes. took a chance. Um, oh, so and, and you just answered my question. I blame you then, Graham. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a wayward <laughs> shot that McGoldrick ended up with a tap in because everybody missed it coming through. Uh, and uh, the last line of my notes here says, uh, Villa had all of the chances and all of the ball. They just couldn't fuck. Yeah, no. no. We, uh, dare I say, we had a whiskey dick. <laughs> yeah, you did. 
<laughs> so I ate. Problem is you couldn't get it in soft. No. <laughs> Going in soft, Cotton. <laughs> That's a bold strategy. Uh, <laughs> bold strategy. Yep. Nope, didn't work. Uh, speaking of strategy, uh, Smith decides to go with the exact same lineup, and I think that was completely the wrong move. I think in this match, you needed the kind of control that a Douglas Louise and a Ross Barkley offer. I think you, you needed, needed somebody that was able to color outside the lines. Right. Mm. Right. You mm. know, if you're not going to have if you're not going to have Jack, I hear you. I, I got I it. see what you did there. Yes. Crayons. <laughs> well, he colors outside the lines because the crayons in his mouth and it's hard to control. <laughs> I, I like the gray one. <laughs> Sam was making just, a face of him trying don't. to eat a crayon in color. It was delightful. So, uh, Mel, anything you have to say about this before you take your shot, darling? Uh, rumor Mill says that Jack Grealish really <laughs> isn't all that injured and they're trying to play without him for a while. And that's why they can be a mum on this mysterious lower leg injury because he might not be a villain for much longer. Mm. Didn't he just sign a five-year deal? I know. Well, that's how you get $100 million for him, Sam, is make sure you just well, sign him to fair. a five-year deal. I'm just that's saying. That's fair. Do you think that was his homage? I'll stay one more season. I'll sign this long contract, but you have to let me go. Right. So I'll make sure you can replace me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then and then he gets that. He gets that. He gets the, the club gets the cash. And then the club that buys him gets him at probably seventy five thousand, as opposed to them having to renegotiate his contract and give him one hundred fifty thousand. Just saying. no, it, uh, he'll get one hundred seventy five thousand because mm-hmm. it'll be the only person paying a hundred million for Jack Grealish is Ed Woodward. Yeah. So he'll get. They'll, they'll, you know, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. It's going to go on all summer long, and two days before the deadline, Jack Grealish will be a Manchester United player. They are going to pimp Jaden Sancho out in front mm-hmm. of the media. This is who we want. This is who we're getting. This is who we're getting. Dortmund's going to hold firm. It's not going to happen. And they say, well, we sorry we didn't get Jaden Sancho, but look what we got, this other shiny new toy. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to sign him for way too much money because Edward Bird is a shittier businessman than anybody that works for my company. Which is funny because then when we talk about the next game that we're going into right now, which is Manchester United in Palace, the one thing I think Manchester United's going to need is a little bit more creativity because you can't keep relying on Bruno Fernandez. I just want to read. But can they play together? I don't think so. I don't think he can play. I don't think he's going to be able to fit in the Chelsea team, Jack Grealish. And City, they're going to find some random Portuguese talent that was great at Monaco once upon a time, and mm-hmm. he's going to be the next fucking world beater at 28 years old. That's true. Very true. Oh, yeah. Mel. So, <laughs> we, we and Arsenal don't on. buy English talent. We there we go. The, I just we, did it. We know. We forgot the important <laughs> things. Mel, throw back that shot of Malort for us real quick. Oh, here's the rumors. Mm. Oh, it's extra Bernie tonight. Oh. I would like to say that that's not a rumor. That is second best interview in the oh. UK. The U football show. Fact. Oh. Right. BT Sport. <laughs> the U football show. Us. Us. That is fucking right. Oh, God. That's um, so terrible. Uh, Sam, I want to read you the the first line that I wrote for the notes of this game. Three total shots on target. That was my third sentence. And United only had one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. I can see you playing null and void fucking uninspirational football against the other big clubs as you, quote, try to survive. This was Crystal fucking Palace. Yeah. And I don't care United, how foggy United the pitch was. Exhausted. United just, looked exhausted for whatever reason. I, I couldn't tell you why. I'm not saying that. You know what they reminded me of, honestly? Especially because it was kind of misty and you couldn't really see. They remind you remember when Brad Pitt got off the plane in India in World War Z? Yes. And they had to be quiet because of the dormant zombies on the other side of the fence. Um, that was uh, North, that United. was North Korea, not India. I'm sorry, North Korea. Uh, they were um, maybe the doctor that greeted them might have been Indian that yeah. was with the yes, I know uh, American army there. The um, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. The scene I'm talking about. The dormant zombies on the other side of the fence that were in that pouring rain. That was Manchester United, just fucking yeah. drooling on themselves, looking for their next snack. <laughs> someone else besides Bruno has to be able to do it for them. It was pitiful. And, and you, you can't expect 
old man Cavani to do it. Old man Cavani's job is to run around up there and try to poach you some goals and do some runs that open things up for you. That's his job. He's his job isn't to create. Somebody's got to create something for him. He's never been a creator on his own. He's right. always been a finisher. Well, that's what I'm going to get at is Rashford and, and, and Greenwood on each side. I mean, granted, you know, Greenwood's a kid. I, but boys, one of the two, you've got to find some brilliance to take a little bit of the load off of fucking Bruno. Right. And uh, if they can figure out how to buy, seriously, how to buy Jaden Sancho and Jack Grealish and put them on the to create things, Edison Cavani will be a 30 goal scorer next season. And then you make Rashford the backup to Cavani up top. If yeah. you need pace, you toss him in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or hell, hell, you use Cavani as the sub off the bench and Cavani is still a 30 goal scorer playing right. 20 minutes, minutes of fucking match. I mean, just th- think, think an Ole, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was in some of these teams. Think about that cunt they had rude by Nistelroy. Mm-hmm. One of the best goal poachers in the world ever. Cavani's better than him, and they can't find, they can't give him the ball. Yeah. It's, and, it's fucking ridiculous. And, and I could play a pass that he could finish. What the fuck are they doing? Between, I do it for 20 grand a week. Between McTominay, Fred, and um, Maddich, you have the same player. So if did you're going to notice, put, did you, you notice could, too mm-hmm. when um, McTominay found himself in a really good position? And um, when, when we dubbed him the McTerminator, Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe Ray did, and we just ran with it. Was um, that it was? Game, uh, it was. I think it was Michael on our uh, DU group. Could be, yeah, yeah, could be. But he scored in the first five minutes. Scored two goals. Yep. Um, you saw his his traditional defensive midfielder characteristics come out in this game, where he got that chance and hesitated, took an extra touch, and then it was blocked. Yeah. Um, where he couldn't sort his feet out, he couldn't get it right. You know, for everything he did right earlier in the season, uh, in that particular game, this showed what he really is, and that, which is a DM and a very good DM. <laughs> if Bruno Fernandez found himself in that spot, that's a goal, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Well, the greater cause there is that those three players, they're all fairly good players. And like I said, I think Fred gets a very bad rap because he was the expensive Brazilian that came in. He's, He's kind of ex- clunky, too. He's done exactly the job he's supposed to fucking do. And and he ha- and particularly these this past season has done it pretty fucking well. The problem mm-hmm. is is you're putting two people in front of your uh, your holding um your center backs as holding midfielders. Um you need someone in the middle. Now I know Pogba's hurt, but you you're Manchester fucking United. Come on, man. You mean you couldn't have found more people to slide into that fucking slot instead you have three guys who are the exact same fucking player? When all you really need is only two of them, like how how do you end up with that? Because in that instance, I mean, God, look at, I mean, my team doesn't have half the fucking budget that they have, and my team doesn't have half the fucking budget they they have, and we do it with one guy. It, it's Allen, and if Allen was hurt, we did it with one guy. It was Tom Davies. That sat in front of right. like, I don't, like it, it's, it's a different system, and I, that's fine. It, yeah. I have no problem with that. But my issue is, is Nemanja Matic, not Nemanja Matic. Um, it is Nemanja Matic, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. His first it. name. Okay, Nemanja Vidic was the player that once I said the first name, <laughs> raked in my brain and I was like, he's not there anymore. Right. Uh, no, but they have the same first name. Nemanja Matic is, can we agree, the definition of a lovely old job? Yeah. He's once every three months. Um Makes probably eighty five thousand a week, just hanging out. <laughs> but they don't need him. He's not no necessary reason why he's there, and it's he it just somehow continues to get contracts. Um, and they never buy a box to box player, so they have three DMs. They have no box to box guy, no number eight at all. And then they only have Bruno Fernandez that can play attacking midfield. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if um. Uh, Vanderbike was healthy right now. He'd probably be playing that role that Pogba normally plays. Like, and he'd be in the starting lineup, and there'd probably be a little bit more creativity to get the ball early up in there. The season early in the season, they didn't play Vanderbike, and yeah. Pogba wasn't really hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, and so, they still didn't play him. How, so um, I don't know what they'd be doing kinda, because I, I don't think Ole really fancies Vanderbike to be uh, honest. I want. I don't think he's enjoying you know, his time there. 
I want I want to move away from that just because I mean we could go on a deep dive into Manchester United forever and frankly no talk we're talking about how much they suck let's keep going okay well you know what I want to actually talk about what I want to do here is I want to give some fucking credit I, <laughs> I we we like to shit on Palace on the regular and we do the Palace bingo and all that other kind of stuff Aurora pa- the boy Palace played exactly the fucking game they wanted to fucking play and they played it to fucking perfection perfection they did manchester they, uh, united you got worked you got schooled in a game where they decided right off the bat this is the tempo this is how it's going to go this is exactly what it's going to be fuck you and when we and were talking about the squad them. ages by the way mm-hmm. as a i heard a stat today as somebody was uh one of the pundits <laughs> on the radio was talking about the game i heard a stat that was quite interesting uh as was seven years younger than the next person in the squad. Wow. Well, uh, real brief touch on him too, uh, before we go in the squad, not at the club, but in the squad, he was seven years younger than the next closest player. So fucking ridiculous. I want to mention a little bit about as and then go on to Thursday's games is like we talked about on Monday with Rafinha. Like you look at him, you go, all right, he's figuring out the prem. He's going to have himself a hell of a year next year as he's figuring out the Prem. And he's becoming one Dallas hell of a actually player. Zaha. He's, you can finally look at them and go, okay, because everybody all the time, it's like, oh, if they don't have Zaha, they can't do anything. Well, there was some pretty decent creativity being won out on the wing, and it was Eze doing it. And that's exactly right. what Zaha does for them. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? You know, yeah. and well, and now you're not going to sell Zaha for you're not getting 70 million for him. You're going to get 30 or 40 for him. So at this point, if you're Palace, you might as well just fucking keep him. Right? They, well, they listen, they sell for 50 million. They release him from his ridiculous indentured servitude they had him on. And then they promote Ezzy to his place for the next 10 years for absolutely no fucking reason. Hi, Ezzy, you are now the new Zaha. <laughs> and stunt his development and career ambitions and path. And he keeps him in the Premier League for 10 years for absolutely no fucking reason. All right, and there, there they we go. then sell him for 50 million pounds. Right. Uh, and then they find some other young winger uh, to do it again. Brad. And then hire shit manager, fire him after four games, bring some, an old trusted guy in. Hire a ship manager after 10 years, fire him after four games, bring an old trusted guy in. And it's going to be the same fucking thing over. Mundane is the only word I can think of that could describe Crystal Palace Football Club over the last 20 years. And it's going to be mundanely in the prem, which is exactly what they want. Mundanely in the prem is much better than mundanely in the championship. So yeah. <laughs> make it money. Brad, go ahead and start your as a farewell tour shirts like you did for uh, Zaha last <laughs> season, which were bloody fucking brilliant. Um, I guarantee you when Zaha comes back, his hair's died again. Heard. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> Tottenham and Fulham. Spurs survive is really kind of the best way to talk about this match. The and, only thing I wrote was Ugg yeah. decided by an own goal. It was a very Jose result. And... um the, the one I want to talk about is is really ultimately it's the handball. And I'm going to start off by saying it's the rule. And I've said this before. The rule is written badly. But if the ball hits an offensive player's hand in the direct result of a goal, it is a handball. Now, I would just like to know when your hand is on your side and your palm of your hand is firmly on your quad, on your leg, and your arm is completely square against your body. Exactly where the fuck are you supposed to put your fucking hand? I have a taint. Where are you supposed to, like, you can't make your arm be any more not there, right? A part of your body, yeah. Right, And and then we'll talk about it in, in Liverpool, Chelsea, but I want to say it here. Conte has his arms up as if to say, no, don't shoot. And it hits him in the hand and it's considered natural. So you are now saying that an offensive player has a disadvantage for a handball that a defensive player does not like your. It's 22 players on the pitch. Fucking mate. It's the, the, the 
the rules should apply for every fucking one of them. Well, and and tell and I Michael get, Jordan, tell LeBron James, tell Dwayne Wade, tell everybody that then. I get that it's a shit rule. It's a shit rule and it's not written well. And and I get that. Fine, VAR is just enforcing the rule. That's fine. But that is fucking ridiculous. His hand um, is on his fucking thigh. His arm is straight down his body. It's the shit we were taught as children when we played, Sam. Mm-hmm. Like, how can he make himself any less of a handball? Per- right, like, yeah. he can't. And, and it hits his, right. it and if, hits if his you arm. You don't gain an advantage from it. If the ball were to hit your thigh anyway, or your chest, if you do one of these, right? Or your mouth, if yeah. you do one of these. If you're, if you are within your body still, you know, to protect yourself or to, to try to keep your hands out of the way, what are you supposed to do? It's like, you know, the defenders, um, as they defend nowadays, they'll put their hands behind their back and sidestep <laughs> with somebody as they yeah. approach the box, um, especially in the wingback positions. Yep, of course. Um, and, and, and those people, what are they supposed to do with their arm? What happens if it hits their elbow? You know? It's well, no, I can tell you what it is. It's a listen, defender. On, it's a defender. Listen, He'll listen, get away listen. with it. I know. Get to the point here is the attacking player is in the same predicament. How is he supposed to make himself any smaller in that situation? Yeah. So I think in, in terms of that, cooler heads prevailed because it would be fucking ridiculous if that goal got ruled out because of that bullshit. You're talking about his hand? Yeah. Sammy, the goal did get ruled out. It was for Fulham. They called the goal back. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're not I'm, talking about the uh, own goal there, Sammy. My, <laughs> I thought it was a trap on the wing. My bad. We no, you're absolutely right. It should have been one one. Tottenham or Cons, they stole it. <laughs> it was a very Jose result. I can I can certainly say that much right there. The the stats actually were fairly even in this game. Fifty nine percent possession for Fulham to forty percent uh, and change for for Tottenham. Uh, Fulham outshot them three to two as well. It was um, completely a Jose result. Took a shit team, beat them at their own game, uh, and and snuck away with an own goal. And like I said, UG decided by an own goal. Yeah. Um, the this is bullshit. So um, I hate him so much. I, <laughs> I fucking hate Jose Mourinho. Uh, Fulham. What I would say to you guys in this circumstances is, don't get discouraged. You can't like. That's one of those kind of calls that you can just be like, well, that's it. Fuck it. The league's out to get us. No, you were playing one of the better teams, even though they haven't been in particularly good form. You were playing one of the better teams. So just you kept it to one nothing. Move on to the next one because you've got a couple of more tough ones coming up. Well, hold on. You got one tough one coming up because you play Liverpool and you play City. And we all know you're taking three points at fucking Liverpool. So, you know, (laughs) because that's just how that goes. Everton. Winners of three in a row with three straight shutouts. Apparently, um, Jordan's uh, decided to wake up and start playing keeper again. And uh, Richie. Yeah, the Euros, mate. Euros are coming up. Yeah. And Richie now four goals in four matches. I mean, it's. It's a brave header as well. Oh, that was a good header. It's a brave, brave header. He had a defender and the goalkeeper coming out on him. No. Uh, one of the. When when people troll you, what do you do? You you go high, right? Um Everybody calls him like people were calling him the pigeon because of the way he looked, right? The way he looks. Mm-hmm. So now, whenever he scores, he just puts his arms behind his back and got kind of burps his header. <laughs> like he's totally embraced it. He calls himself the pigeon now. It's just it's brilliant. I, I I love on a darker note when when uh, players subject to uh, in Spain it happened a few times. Um, Samuel Leto, I think, did it most mm-hmm. famously was Danny Alves. Uh, when he was racially trolled by by fans and a banana was thrown onto the pitch while he was taking a corner. Absolutely abhorrent. But um, he bent down, grabbed the banana, opened it, looked at his calf and kind of rubbed it like he had a cramp and then ate the banana and threw it to the side. <laughs> it's like just completely taking the power out of what you're doing and yeah. punching it in the dick. You're like, fuck you. This doesn't affect <laughs> like, me at all. I'm taking this for me now. This is now my situation. Uh, you I, cocksucker. I, might I love have- it. I might have gotten a cramp in my leg, a Charlie horse, and now I'm eating some potassium. Thank yeah. you, racist fan. You're Appreciate looking out for it. me. Yeah, you really <laughs> helped. Yes. Um, it, it, it's, yeah, I love when players do that, when they take something so negative, right? And I, I know they're, they're negative on a different scale. I'm not trying to compare right. those two things. 
But what Tim Howard did with, with uh, the, the Liverpool Echo and a couple of the other newspapers that were making fun of his Tourette's um, and, and some of that stuff was just to, to reclaim that power, was to take that back and, and literally take the piss out of the people being dickheads. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's brilliant. I love seeing that. I absolutely love seeing that. And well done to him. Uh, unfortunately for West Brom, it's too little too late. Now, they do have Newcastle coming up over the weekend, so there is a chance to get the, quote, six points that Big Sam said they needed. Here was the big observation that I got maybe, out of this. Maybe they can get Steve Bruce in before the end of the season. There you go. Um, <laughs> and he gets sent down two teams. Um, yeah, that's somehow, uh, what is it, uh, Fulham? No, Fulham will jump, and both of those will go, uh, Newcastle will go down. And, yeah, both Newcastle and West Brom will go down. Brilliant. I love it, Sammy. For West Brom, here's what my observation in this match is that because West Brom actually really took the game to Everton. Everton did not have a particularly good day um, and we're having a hard time cracking things down. Better opportunities probably went to West Brom. Problem well, was I mean, is your, your shots on target were even. Your overall right. shots were even. Possession was only separated by 2.8%. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing for West Brom, though. They weren't getting corners. They weren't getting free kicks. It was like, okay, so, you know, Dina, uh, uh, maybe Dina was up there, and he was really bossing the ball with his back to goal, but he was never on the ground. You brought in, you know, Pereira. Pereira's make, not making cutting lanes in towards making the defender have to defend and getting set pieces. So if you're this big Sam club that's going to really thrive off of corners and set pieces and you know, bringing your bodies up and taking advantage of opportunities to score. There was fucking none of that today. You know, You're absolutely right. Pickford made one really nice save, and then they put a bunch of shots over the post that were never really troublesome. Um, yeah. and just like I mean, there's got to be more. This is, this is just one of those situations where it was a relatively boring game with just six shots on target. Oh yeah, it was. Um, it was. But it was a dreadful Ever- watch, and I'm an Everton supporter. Everton are a better team. They yeah. took the chance that was there. And really, it shouldn't have been a chance. Yeah. Um, Gilfie Sigerson's initial corner was trash, but he got the ball back and no one came to close him down. So he had time five yards closer to set up, get himself a better angle, and he picked a brilliant ball. And Richarlison, as I said, stayed brave because he had a defender on him who going for a header, and he had the goalkeeper rushing out for a punch. And he kept his nerve. He stayed with it. Strong neck, bang, right in the back of the goal. Yep. Uh, got there just before them. And that that sort of bravery, that sort of get in there, son, is is what West Brom is lacking. And no, not typical from a big Sam side um, that they don't still really don't have a spine. Yeah. And it's it's. I think – I don't know if he's going to quit before the end of the season because I'm sure somebody put a clause in there where he doesn't get paid a lot if he quits. <laughs> There's far more – he's doing far more hurt than help. I think Absolutely. he's taken I, what that team was. He's completely rearranged it. He's brought in a bunch of – players don't play that way. He's there's, brought there's in a – There's no way. They they should have stuck with Slavin Bilic, who was on a decent run of form. Mm-hmm. What did he have? What was it? Two draws and a win or something? And uh, an FA Cup advancement when he got he got fired yeah. on the back of an FA Cup win or something. No, he like got that. fired on a he got fired on a draw against the hottest fucking team in the league right now. Against Drew City, Drew City at and then City, got fired That's at right. City it was just before the New Year, won it, and then got fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it just, just before the New Year, so it wasn't FA Cup and horrible. So he, Right. It's absolutely ridiculous, man. It's so stupid. Um, I don't know what these people, what what boards in general in football think. Uh, All I can bask in is the glory that the sport is safe, responsible, um, and run by people that know what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) If you all could not see that, my friends, that is what we like to call sarcasm over the Zoom from one Mr. Samuel Graham. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, moving on to the final match of the day. Um, and there's a, a lot to unpack here. Not so much about the game itself, but more so about the teams. Um, Chelsea now winners in 10 straight in all competitions since uh, Thomas Tuchel has taken over. Battle of the Germans. Hey, and he played a very simple chess match and it worked fucking brilliantly. Absolutely Liverpool brilliant. had more possession. Chelsea had five shots on targets to Liverpool's one. 
shots overall were 11 to 7 in favor of Chelsea. They were much more efficient with the ball. Um, Liverpool, for all their verve and excitement, couldn't create a goddamn thing. No, no, not at all. Couldn't create a goddamn thing. It was, it was, in my opinion, again, pitiful for them. And what is this their fifth home loss in a row? Uh, yes. In fact, you know what this is, Sam? Um, to give you yet another wonderful record that makes Liverpool's title winning season just as good as Blackburn's. In fact, Blackburn might be better now for those of you who want to put this in the top five of all great Premier League title winning uh, teams. They are now the first defending champ to lose five straight at home. Yeah, it's bad. Not just in the history of the Prem, the history of English fucking football. Don't limit it. The history of football, period. If we're making claims, let's do it. Let's go all in. <laughs> it's not a claim. It's a fucking fact. Um, here's, um, here's Sam, ugh. this is the really the question I want to throw to you because the game really ultimately means, means fuck all. Liverpool still has a chance at Champions League, but it's getting fainter. And really, this weekend, you've got Liverpool and Everton fucking playing for fourth place, which is insane. Just insane considering, you know, you, you wouldn't have never really expected – Everton to be at this point of the season still in the hunt. And the way Chelsea started the season, you wouldn't have thought they would have gotten to it as well. But here's the bigger thought. Liverpool, fine. 15 different combinations of center backs this season. It fucking sucks. Get it? It fucking sucks. Why is it still heavy metal football? Why hasn't there been any changes? Why hasn't he thrown up a 4-4-2 every once in a while or tried to change the lineup a little bit? Because everybody's had injuries and he's got plenty of fucking players. It's a complete refusal to change anything. It's like, so we're the great fucking an, Liverpool football have a, club. a decent answer to this, to mm-hmm. be honest. And you're not going to like what I have to say, but I have a decent answer to it. Okay. Uh, and I have an example uh, in the Premier League right now. It is the insanity of genius. Okay. Look at Leeds. All right. They're either going to win 5-0 or lose 7-0, period. Don't care. I'm not changing my system. This is how we play. I'm going to crouch in the corner of the technical area like fucking uh, Gollum from Lord of the Rings and talk about the precious, which is the ball. And that's what I'm going to do, and that's all I'm going to do. And if you don't do anything, I'm not going to yell at you. I'm going to pace my technical area and yell at myself. In Jurgen Klopp's case, I'm not going to change the way I play. I'm not going to do anything different. I'm going to stand on the sidelines. I'm going to laugh at every VAR decision. I'm going to scream at the fourth official. I'm going to sprint to the center circle anytime somebody scores. And then I'm going to give a cheeky little fucking uh, childish post-match interview. It's the same thing. They just have different mannerisms. But it's the insanity of genius. Well, but the difference there is, is that Leeds didn't have any fucking... Thoughts of being fucking champions of the fucking league. Right. No, but there's that with Pep, they talked about it and his demise ultimately at Barcelona and his demise ultimately at Bayern Munich was there was plan A. Right. And then there was plan A. Right. And then there was plan A again. Right. And if somebody figured out plan A, you're fucked. Right. Hey, well, now, you can change personnel. Pep has been able to change personnel and interchange some some pieces and figure his shit out. But there is plan A. This is how we do business, and this is what we're going to do. It has worked out for him. It worked out for Liverpool last season. It worked out for Pep for four years in a row at Barcelona. It's just, it's the insanity of genius. I know better than anybody else what we're going to do. This is the plan. This is how we play. We have the personnel. Bang. This is what we're doing. And you can argue the adaptation of people makes you a better manager, period. Sure. His system in general may be a great system. His system may be the best system. But if he doesn't have the people to play that system, look at Big Sam. We we did this, right? So we talked about this all fair is Big Sam likes to play a certain way, but he doesn't have the personnel to fit that system. We're talking about Big Sam and Jurgen Klopp in different breaths because they're getting relegated, <clears throat> right? One of them's getting relegated, the other one's not. Mm-hmm. Big Sam can't change his system to fit the personnel. Jurgen Klopp bought people that could plug into the system and keep them safe. There's the difference. 
Yeah, right? but sa- but he, l- he's still safe's, with- safe's not good enough for fucking Liverpool Football Club. It's I'm just saying who I, they are now. It's a Champions League going, team. They're going to make Europe. They're going to make Europe. That's not a question, in my opinion. Uh, what I would really love, Liverpool seventh place, Everton wins the FA Cup. Oh, the sweet, sweet fucking revenge of the year we came in fourth. Wouldn't, wouldn't do anything if you finish in fourth anyway. <laughs> That's true. It's time to tell you what little we know. It is prediction time. Uh, just like the start of the week, we all lost, including the bird, Sam. We all fucking lost. Yes. Um, you got zero. Big goose correct. egg of your bet. Correct. Not a single and, fucking one of it. <laughs> well, we're coming up on Easter. Just laying the eggs now. Heard. All right. So you are now down $665. What kind of shit do you have for us this week? All right. So we are coming to the business end of the season, which means I need to start getting a little crazy. Oh, uh, so this <laughs> is the part I love. <laughs> we only have 11 weeks uh, left, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so that means... Then no, I am picking you know a four-way on. parlay. You know what that means? That means you have two children's college funds to lose now, not just one. Go get them, killer. Go deep. I love when you fuck these ones off. I've got 18 years for the second one to be worried about. Only have seven for the first one. Uh, so I have a four-way parlay. Like I said, uh, Arsenal to beat Burnley, Leicester to beat Brighton, Liverpool to end their home losing streak against Fulham, and <sighs> Tottenham. To be Crystal Palace. So I've got a bookended North London victory with Leicester beating Brighton and Liverpool beating Fulham to pay me out a whopping plus 791. All right. And next week you will be down 765. <laughs> All right. As we are recording late Thursday night, um, our boy Pat does happen to uh, get up very, very early. Those cases do not deliver their fucking selves. Uh, he is a hardworking man, so he is already asleep. So Pat has already sent me his bet in. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick It a Week. Titled, Getting Pretty Discouraged. <laughs> so after Manchester United shit the bed and drew against Crystal Palace, it put me down $1,577 to think about it. He bet two favorites and bet more money than he could win. And United fucked it off. <laughs> I mean, if there's if he if he didn't have bad luck, the man would have no luck at all. It is horrible the way it has gone for him this season. Yeah, this is where I normally break from my gambling for a couple of weeks to um, reevaluate my life, quote unquote. <laughs> Considering I know I have uh, lost all confidence in anything I pick, whether it's good or not, I'm just going to pick one game, and it's a team I want to root for. So, Sam, I'll take Tottenham over Crystal Palace straight up at negative $232. So he only he risks 232 to win 100 except for he's going to go a little deeper. I'm going to risk $423. So I can be down an even 2,000 starting Monday because he knows he's going to miss his bet. And so if, he's, he's pulling on me. He's just betting exorbitant amounts of money on regular shit. Yep. And if they don't win, you're welcome, Sammy. Which isn't you're welcome, Sammy, because you're betting them to win. Although you'll be happy if they lost. That's a bet you'd be happy to lose, Correct. wouldn't it? Absolutely. Again, um, once again. He goes, I think I win 182.33. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give him the pennies on this one because, you know, he's doing, he probably should get all of it. Uh, you guys have a great weekend and feel free to get guess, uh, to bet against me and take Crystal Palace. It's a sure winner now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, all right. So. I missed again, and I'm uh, down only $220, and I'm going to go ahead and take care of that, Sam, because it's all right. It's been documented in Vegas when Vardy frolics with a, frow- with a foul. Oh. I am a staggering 95-1-1. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. 28.5% of the time, Sam, it works 100% of the time. Telling you, Sam, documented in Vegas as you look down, not paying attention to anything at all. 
this week We're preparing for the next segment, sir. This week I'm going to take Southampton to beat Sheffield United and Ings to score at plus two forty, which will put me back in the black. Now that was a great segment. Mine had a lot of energy. Pat's was a great email. Yours, you know, is looking in your phone at the next segment because you care that little bit about the show. But we give you more here. We give you Kitty the Chicken. Well, Kitty missed with Villa, and she sits at 13 and 14. As they walk up to the coop, Kitty was a little sluggish and sleepy. I noticed some rather tranquil music playing. Kitty informed me that it was an exclusive instrumental by Eric Clapton and Sting, written and performed just for her. She's got that kind of influence, Sam. Well, Eric plays the guitar and Sting plays the bass, and Eric supports West Brom and Sting supports Newcastle. I guess Kitty is picking a draw in between the two and expects it to be a sluggish, sleepy affair. The bass. <laughs> I'm not, I'm done. What's, what's that? It's really got the bass. Foul, 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 <laughs> foul bass, foul bass. <laughs> Mine was better. Well, at least I won't forget to remind people to please, as always, do gamble legally and responsibly. In the biggest upset of fantasy history, Chris Firecock beat Sam Graham 31 to 19. Got his ending, ass out of golf status. Ending my big time winning streak uh, and elevating himself, as you say, sir, out of golf status. Uh, other than that, Taylor edged out Alberto 55 to 53. Rob uh, took care of Kenny with no issues 60 to 48. Houston, you took care of Brody big time 77 to 66. Two Elliot, times, 70. motherfucker. Elliot, uh, in the most even match of the week, 70 over 50, a gentleman's agreement uh, <laughs> over David Geckel. Uh, uh, Her Highness took care of Keith Kern, uh, 72 to 67. Uh, Smokey edged out Ray, 45 to 42. Cheers, mate, for that. Top of I the table, Ray. Ray. Talk shit. Uh, yeah, which, again, annoys me because I had a big chance to pick up some points here, and uh, I fucked it. Uh, and then JB lost handsomely to Russ in his highest point total ever, I'm sure, at 83 to 54. Don't look now. Russ is roaring up the fucking table since he's named his, named his team to Sparkling Water. Well, roaring up the table, if you mean in 13th place, sure. Uh, Considering he so, was dead last at nine points behind everybody, well, yes, he's roaring up the table. That's fair. So we have... Uh, we have Ray in first with 1,023 points, and I'm saying this for a reason. We have Allen in second with 1,086, JB in third, 1,059, me in fourth at 971, Keith with 1,053, Elliot's in sixth with 963, Smokey at 929 in seventh, Her Highness with 1,046 in eighth, Rob with 989 in ninth. You, sir, uh, Mr. Houston, are 961 in 10th place. Uh, Taylor is up to 11th uh, place with 910. Alberto dropped down 871 into 12th. Russ with 860 up to 13th. I'm sorry, stays in 13th. Uh, Firecock is up to 14th with 663 points. By far, by far, the lowest point getter in the league. Uh, Chris Firehawk at 663 points. But rounding out the league in the golf places <laughs> is Mr. David Geckel. And David Geckel has achieved a 1,014 points <laughs> accrued so far this season, uh, which is 1,014 would be one, two, three, four, five. Uh, that would be fifth place in, uh, I'm sorry, sixth place in terms of points. There are five people <laughs> greater than him in points. Uh, and yet he finds himself in dead fucking last at eight zero and eighteen. Oh no, Kenny's last. I thought. I thought uh, uh, Ralph Hampton's last place. Oh, I'm sorry, Kenny is last. Yeah. So he didn't pull up on my phone properly. Yeah. My bad. David's in fifteenth. He's not in the golf places. Kenny, who's no longer on Facebook for the time being, which I have to tell you about later, uh, only has seven hundred and seventy points, which makes Chris's six sixty three look not so bad. But they're both still very far behind. 
behind. Um, and yeah, he's going to be in the fantasy golf places at six, two and 18. I kind of want Gecko to be, you know, if it's not going to be Taylor, which I don't think it will be, I wouldn't mind if it was Gecko because I think Gecko would take it really seriously and give us some really like good, hard hitting analysis yeah. of fantasy golf. So oh, that's going to wrap it up. Sammy, you got any parting words for the uh, midweek? Uh, I did at one point. Uh, I forgot to write them down, and now I'm too drunk to remember them. Fair enough. Well, um, next up is injury time, where we're going to go ahead and preview the weekend's action. And if, Sam, if you wanted to find injury time, how would one go about doing that? It's actually quite simple. You just jump on www.patreon.com backslash do you football show. Sorry, I had a little burp there. Um, and sign up to one of the top two tiers to make sure that you receive all, uh, not all of, if you do the middle one, you only get part of it. Uh, but one of those top two tiers will get you injury time. Um, and then if you do the top one, you'll get some extra shit. Very good. Love it. All right, kids. Till Monday. Good night. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Put you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Great day, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Looks great in shorts. Sam Bramby! Sam Bram! Come to United! Come to United! Hit the fucking new button!